Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out a Punk. I'm your host, Damian Abraham. Once again, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved with punk, but had life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, my new friend, kind of my boss because I'm on her label, also an incredible musician with many different projects. As I tell her, one of the most extensive discographies that I think we've ever had on this show, Jenna Pup from Get Better Records, from Here's Collective, and from Jenna and the Pups. More on that in one second, but first, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to the email address, turnedoutapunkpodcast at gmail.com. That is run by my brother and show producer and normally guest booker extraordinaire, but when I book it, it goes much slower. So thank you, Tristan, for all your hard work that you do for this show. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at left for Damien. If you want to support the show, just tell all your friends about it. Let everyone that you know, know that you enjoy this podcast. You can also go over to turned out and check out the shirts that we have. Now we have shirts. We got merch. three different designs. One's the logo that my dad did. And then two are by myself uh, very much appreciate everyone that has picked up one so far. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to uh, Corey and Demented by Design for all their help in setting this thing up, and and Gretchen and everyone that has lent a hand in helping me get this thing going because it has been a long time coming, and I now have shirts for people that have been asking, so thank you for uh, checking them out. Uh, also, you can support the show by subscribing to it and rating it on your platform of choice. You can also support the show by heading over to patreon.com slash turned out of punk and checking out some of the fun stuff that goes on over there. There is footnotes with myself and Chris O'Toole. There are video episodes. There are lost episodes, including with rock and roll Hall of Famers. Uh, there's all sorts of interesting stuff over there. So thank you to everyone that does do that. And, uh, Speaking of support, this thing would not be possible to find folks at Vans and the House of Vans who have supported this podcast for a very long time and uh, are even bringing me out to Chicago Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time. I will be DJing as part of the House of Vans Chicago celebration of their 10th anniversary. I'm going to be doing a History of Chicago punk set. I got, I got a lot of records I'm bringing with me to play. Uh, very excited to do this. This is going to be a, a fun time. Uh, you can check it out over, just well, look up Vans Channel 66 and it'll all come up. Vans.com slash channel dash 66, I believe. But anyway, you can just search Channel 66 in Vans and it'll come up. But that's 2 p.m. tomorrow. There's It's going to be a fun time. Come check out some of that stuff I'm going to be playing. And uh, yeah, just just celebrating. You know, I got over the years, I've gotten to play a lot of great shows there. Uh, once again, I play in a band called Fucked Up. We'll be going on tour in January. Um, you can come check us out on that if you want to hear us play songs off our record, David Comes to Life, which is being reissued by Matador Records. Uh, and there's also, a, our we did an hour and a half long song called You're the Horse that's coming out on Tank Crimes Records by our buddy Scotty Karate. And finally finally being issued on vinyl for the first time ever epics in minutes by the incredible record label get better records now get better records is run by two awesome people alex who has been on the show before way back when and jenna pup jenna pup is someone who i've wanted to have on the show for a very long time but as i mentioned off the top 
when I book the guests, I, it takes me forever. I, I'm not very good with this whole scheduling, figuring out stuff. So thankfully, Tristan normally handles these things, but I feel rude passing off friends to him. And, and anyway, so end up being rude, screwing up how long it takes to do this thing. But now we have finally done it. And Jenna is someone who I, I, I really respect a lot for not just running a great label, like get better records, look, check out that roster, really one of the most exciting labels in music right now, but also just as an incredible musician for two awesome bands, Jenna and the Pups, which is very much sort of poppy, melodic, you know, music, like guitar rock music. And then uh, Here's Collective, which is an incredibly abrasive in the best way possible, uh, like noise attack uh, they have just put out a brand new Here's Collective, uh, the third 100 songs, uh, double LP. You can find that at getbetterrecords.com. Uh, I'm going to be doing maybe something collaborative-wise, hopefully. I don't know if I should be announcing that now. I think we I think we talk about it a little bit in the episode and stuff. So anyway, um, with them in the near future. Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to ramble on. I've rambled on a lot so far today, I think. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I've flown through the intro. Who knows? Anyway, I got to get ready to go to Chicago tomorrow and get this set ready. So uh, I'm not going to ramble on uh, anymore. Uh, check out the new Here's Collective, third 100 songs. The band's incredible. And sit back, relax, and enjoy Jenna Pup on Turned Out a Punk. Oh, I didn't know that it did that. Yeah, it does that now because apparently there was a lawsuit. What? Yeah, where people were like, I guess, recording and and not telling. Yeah, I mean, I get Pennsylvania is a is a two party state when it comes to recording someone. So, like, if you're trying to get someone to like fess up to something, if they don't know that they're being recorded, it's not admissible. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm just watching uh, the uh, whatever the, the the American Crime Story on the Monica Lewinsky Bill Clinton yeah story and and that's just come up about two-party states and how recording something in maryland is vastly different than recording something in like new york state or i guess yep. pennsylvania so but this is had... sorry go on. <laughs> oh no no it's like yeah i i definitely had to deal with like some situations where like being nervous about being on the phone with someone and recording it and being like well at least if i like at least i could be like um i have the proof this person is a jerk (laughs) like you know not queen snitch over here but i i have just in case just just for the record just for the record well jenna just for the record this thing has taken far too long to come together and you have suffered the wrath of having to deal with damien scheduling a (laughs) podcast versus tristan scheduling a podcast where it's much more painless (laughs) when tristan does it so i i'm very sorry about this Oh, no, not at all. I was just talking with someone um, that got vocals like that, that added vocals to our new LP. And they were like, I feel so bad for how long it took. And I was like, one, you're not the last person. Two, it gives me like a reason to like poke and nudge a person and like in a friendly way and be like, hey, what's going on? Do you want to just like, if we're okay, we're going to try to plan this thing. Well, now we get to talk too. Yeah, exactly. So. Part part of the part of the the you know end result is that journey, you know, and the journey has mm-hmm. has been very enjoyable. We've had several conversations of trying to figure this out scheduling wise, but now <laughs> it has finally happened, 
And I got to start this off the way they all start off, which is Jenna, how did you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? I, I'm trying to think of like the difference between, you know, uh, understanding what the word punk meant and like the first time you heard a thing, but didn't know what punk was. Or I, I think about the first time I went to a house show mm-hmm. and it was like in um, a garage um, at like this kid's parents' house in the middle of nowhere in Michigan and like Detroit suburbs. And I was like, what is this? And so I, when I, when I think about punk, I think less like a type of music. And I think like, um, like DIY or like what, you know, different people's versions of like punk ethics are, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of words get ruined over the years and I'm, I'm holding on like with, with by a thread to the, to the word punk, <laughs> you know, somebody asked me recently they're like jenna like you're a punk right and i was like oof one it's five in the morning and i don't know if i can have this conversation right now (laughs) but yes um yeah i i I think it was i think when i when i think about it now and what i consider how i moved through the world with like punk music it was probably like 98 is when like diy scene and my, like my first couple fest and like house shows. Um, but before that I was uh, still listening to like things that I considered like punk rock, um, like M- MXPX or OC Supertones and a lot of uh, ironically cr- like Christian Scott and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I finally saw that tooth and nail documentary and I didn't realize how big that Christian ska scene was like, it's, a I am glad you reminded me of it. Y'all, y- and like that stuff we've here's is talked about, like, we just need to um, invert the inverted, like whatever crosses we have on stuff. We'll just make them like normal, like Jesus crucifixes, not the St. Peter or whoever, like the upside down ones. And then we'll just turn all the lyrics to about like Christian stuff and we'll rake in the money. Cause <laughs> there's a lot of money in Christian music. <laughs> I think that was uh, Chris Callahan always had a plan that he wanted to do a band called Jesus Christ and make it like the <laughs> ultimate Christian band. And yeah, once again, just kind of cash in on that whole thing. I got Get it. I wonder, like, there must have been people doing that, you know? Like, you know, if, if, if house shows, if passing around the hat at house shows worked as well as it did at church, <laughs> we'd all be doing better. <laughs> Absolutely. What were some of the bands that were playing in that scene at that time? Because like, yeah, like you're saying, 1998 is kind of that. That's almost like the the peak of the fest culture and like that side of DIY hardcore, kind of like really coming to full fruition. I there's not like any any because around that I I lived in like like 15 minutes, half an hour outside of Detroit. Then and like Detroit has had like a wild scene, but like there's not like a a band or like a punk band that really sticks out at the moment. Um, but was just going to, you know, you have your youthful energy. And so you're just going to like as many shows as possible. Um, and then I, yeah, I mean, like in t- when you're talking about like fest time, I remember like 2001 or something, there was just every weekend was like a four day fest. And even when I was like 20 years old, I was like, I am, I'm wrecked. <laughs> like I'm so there was literally a fest in Michigan called beating a dead horse fest. <laughs> like, and it was like all the same bands. It was wild. Um, 
Well, Michigan Fest is one of the original ones, right? Like, that was, and that was my first one. Yeah. What, 98? 90, I think the 99 one or 2000. But was it was like Dillinger 4 or, or Hot Water Music, maybe, and Swarm played uh, and Rain and Maria. Oh, so Swarm and Rain and Maria definitely like it. So Swarm played their like last, last show. And then maybe another one at, um, at the 2000 one. And I remember I had like loved them. And every time they kept on being like, oh, here's our last show. And they just <laughs> kept on canceling shows. Yeah. And they showed up and they're like, they're like, we don't have a gimmick tonight. Our gimmick is that we showed up. <laughs> um, and then of course, like the classic hearing someone yell shit in the pit. And yes. the year before, the year before, it, like it, it was a brownie and 2000, it was real. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, you know, I had heard like grindcore and like, I hate that. I don't even because like, like Charles Bronson and the Locust, like those were the first times I ever heard like super fast, like blast beat stuff that wasn't like double bass in like a um, white zombie song. And my mind was just like blown. And so I just, I fell into that and, you know, was like the annoying 18, 19, 20 year old kid that's just buying as many terrible 3-1-G records and whatever I could get my hands on um, was like totally obsessed with like 3-1-G and like at the Locust and got to see them and it was it was really wild as a like 18 year old person that kind of got like thrown into this I didn't like a lot of my friends were like oh yeah I've been listening to this stuff since I was like 12 or like my brother or like my blah like it was really cool um and it's been really awesome. Like we're working with uh, Justin Pearson, just sent in vocals for our new record and it feels crazy. Yeah. And hoping that Gabe Surveyan will like also add some drums to it. It's just, you know, you, you stay punk long enough and you get to tour with page 99 and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff. It's pretty wild. Well, that's like, I think to me, that was the ultimate, you know uh a gold watch of being involved in this thing for a long enough period of time is where your heroes eventually do truly become your peers and yeah. there's not like a fence between you and the stage not know? at all not at all yeah. yeah and it's really and as time goes on when you eventually you know as you're saying meet all these people and you get to collaborate with some of these people and it's just like i don't know i just I've got friends that are into other types of music and it doesn't seem like there's as many opportunities to kind of collaborate with your heroes in other it's places. wild and i and i think too like there's been like one person that i've reached out to maybe that didn't respond mm -hmm. and it's just like it, it is it yeah it, it's like so accessible and like the, not only is the music accessible um especially now you know with like digitally but uh just like the the people don't you know, it's not like trying to reach out to fucking Beyonce or I don't know why like cheap trick popped in my brain. I just assumed if I emailed them, they wouldn't email back. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you know, they, they seem like they might be cool enough to just email back. But yeah. yeah, like they're they're also like they played Budokan. So they they, they are big. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think more or less it's like the you know, we well, we actually we got Trent Reznor's manager's email and we were like, let's fucking go for it. And I wonder if like it, if it had actually got to him, I would like, maybe he'd be like, yeah, that sounds weird. But you know, you're dealing with like 
least less accessible because there's like a person between yeah there's right? another barrier <laughs> another membrane before you get to the actual person to hear the yeah. idea yeah like yeah. I, I found like and there's a lot of times where i've tried to get things to someone and had to go through other channels and it just never happened but then when you actually get to them through some other way directly mm -hmm. it, it's a totally different story yeah or, or they're just like oh nobody even told me about that yeah <laughs> it's funny what you're saying though about like there being a fest every weekend like it really did feel like fest culture in the 90s was like was almost like jam band culture in a certain way like you, you could like live on the road going from like hardcore fest to hardcore fest legitimately uh, yeah i mean and there like, were people that did yes uh like i was in the midwest and it was like you know you go to um uh like northern michigan and then you have like detroit and then you like go down to like toledo and cleveland and like it, it was crazy yeah um i right now i'm like i'm just like i love a three band show oh dreamy <laughs> um I, yep <laughs> i could do i could do a all day 20 band fest right now with the lights on in a community center like right now it's been long enough that i think i could do it and, and enjoy it for the whole time but yeah like those things were like wars of attrition by the end of <laughs> we yeah we we just played our first show back since um the, the pandemic started um and i agree when when it was over i was like oh okay like i was still like tired and sore <laughs> and like i wasn't like sad but i i could have kept going or i could have I would also be like if it if it could have started earlier later whatever i was just excited to actually like i never thought the words live like the words live music would be coming out of my mouth you know i feel like it's when i see it's like when i'm swiping on some dude on tinder and it's like i love ipas and live music and now i'm just like i'm like wow i actually like live like the words live music yeah um because we've been starved we're like starved for it well, and it's so different, right? Like live music, it, it's like a different energy. Like I've listened to during the pandemic, I was kind of like the same way. I was like, well, music's music, you know, like I don't have to go to a show. I can listen to a record at home. Mm -hmm. but, but so much of that like community aspect, like as, as overblown as it is sometimes, but like at the same time, like it's real and the social aspect and just sort of like the energy is completely different when you're at like, you know, drinking an IPA at a live music event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i went to i went to a show friday and saturday and like if i there was um there's like a really cool like video shoot tonight for one of my close friends bands and i would have went to that if i didn't have class um it's and it's not that i'm like not sleepy and tired from it and you know running around and stuff but i'm just like i it's it's nice to miss something. You know, distance makes yeah. the heart grow fonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of '90s references, poison the well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I also think I just have so much more gratitude for it. Like even like the idea of like sitting around a venue at, in a town waiting for a show to start. Like it, you know, yeah. I'm so jaded to that. But now I'd love to do it. I'm I'm we we just got a booking agent and it feels wild. Ben and, and at the same time, I'm like there's some stuff on the table and i'm just like re like really just trying to figure out like my life so i can 
make as many of these things as possible happen <laughs> again. Um, yeah, because we were we were touring a lot right before the pandemic, and it it was it was a lot and it was like exhausting at times, but I just like it, I never felt like my, my cup was ever empty, you know? Um, I, I think before the pandemic, I felt like my cup was empty. There were definitely times um, where I was like, I'm never going to do that. I could be fine. Never doing this again. But I think to have it actually go away. And, and then I was now I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, you were just, you were just spoiled. <laughs> you got to I kind of felt opposite. I, I I felt like I was like, oh, am I gonna? Is it okay to come back to this? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like it, it, because it kind of felt like something was taken away from me and it, it was lost. And we had like a lot of momentum and and I was like, do I just like let like we're not gonna stop making music, but do I content? Do I like book another like U.S. tour? Like, do I try to do like all fifty states again? Like, what? like it it felt yeah it was it was very confusing and while it still feels very weird and terrible i'm happy there's like some version of it coming back yeah yeah like it did it definitely feels like uh, now that there is some version of it back and you know here it's it's been you know we're still a little bit slower on everything kind of coming back at least in this part of of Canada right now where I'm at. Um, but it does feel like as things are coming back, people are, are, you know, generally the people I talk to, everyone seems like they're, they're like, okay, we're waking up on, we're Scrooge waking up on Christmas day. Like you boy, what day is it today? It's like Christmas day. Sir. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, we can come back to this. We get it all back for a little bit. Let's just forget how terrible it was and all the things we hated and let's just make it awesome. And hopefully it'll be great this time. It's yeah. It's, it's, I, I have forget. I also did not realize how important playing music like live and specifically live is like such, um, it's another antidepressant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into like my first physical fight in like 15 years almost like since all this happened um and I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like yeah do you like but do you have a way to get out of aggression and I was like yeah totally like I I trained Muay Thai and like you know I like exercise blah 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 and she's like no 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 like aggression like not <laughs> not like a physical exertion and I was like oh my god I don't and that is what my band does for me and I yeah. Uh, totally lost it at this ding dong who deserved everything he had coming to him. But, <laughs> but it was, it was so wild to like have that shift. Um, yeah, it was wild. It's, I guess also it's yelling on stage too, right? Like specifically like yelling and getting out there and just like having that sort of primal scream release where like, we're not, we're never allowed to yell. Like in, like, you know, like you, people do obviously, but it's always like not something you're not supposed to be doing. I'm basically screaming as loud as I can while like using the stage as a trampoline and like sometimes like body slamming my best friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it is a lot of exertion and it is like, it is the best way like i i can't ex- like i'm so grateful that i have the opportunity to do it <laughs> um 
yeah, it is a, it just, it really cleanses you. Well, I guess now to kind of go all the way back, when did you start playing music? Um, I was always extremely, like, I was always obsessed with, like, music and bands and stuff, and um, I think it was, like, fifth grade or something, I really wanted a guitar, and, like, there was, like, some broken ones around the house and stuff, or, like, literally found in the dumpster. We were a big dumpster diving family, Um, but, uh, yeah, my mom got me an acoustic, like, maybe when I was like 10 or 11 or something and then i got an electric guitar when in 1994 um yeah so did you kind of grow up with what kind of music did you grow up around like before you were into it yourself so i was obsessed with acdc when i was real real young and then my mom like because she would let me get a cassette when we'd go somewhere um and there's one day she's like you don't have to get acdc every time and i was like okay and like the next one down was aerosmith's get a grip yeah so i just grabbed that and then that was my first concert was aerosmith with collective soul opening for them which was sick (laughs) oh wait was on the get a grip tour yeah i think i went to i was at that detroit fest with you and i think i saw that aerosmith tour in toronto when they were doing that tour but it wasn't with collective soul it was four non blondes that's so good yeah um that's and yeah and then like got obsessed with them became super christian for for a second and really loved like all the like there's nothing like going to a bible store and looking through like christian metal it's awesome (laughs) or like it it's wild um and then became a big manson freak (laughs) it's like all the very very roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) fucking manson and corn and all the new metal and then when i so that was when i was in the carolinas and then i I moved to michigan in 1998 and that's and then i met like uh other types of punk kids that's how that all started were you ever into the band lifesavers when you're going through that christian phase no, but that is like a amazing and terrible name. They are, they are. It's like it's that guy Michael Knott, who I've been told is the bad boy of the Christian rock world. Um, it was his punk band that he did. That's amazing. It's also awesome. like what a pretty, what a pretty like egotistical name. Yeah, yeah. They're and they're and the, the thing is also they're like a DIY Christian punk band. In like the early 80s like what scene were they playing with because i can't imagine that would have gone over well at the time with the christian music world but like it also probably didn't go over too well with the punk world so i really kind of wonder what their lane was is this diy band him um i would like to watch that documentary but like a short one <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could be a trailer. You'd watch the trailer for that documentary. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go and see Marilyn Manson live? <laughs> Sorry, you were saying you went to Family Values Tour. Oh, yeah. It was sick. Uh, and that, that was in Detroit. And that was, yeah, it was like Corn, um, Limp Biscuit, 
uh, Rammstein, which like I feel very like privileged to have been able to see them in like like comparably a, a pretty tiny place since now they play like literal like football stadium tours where mm-hmm. they don't even have openers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was like a really wild experience, and I was I'm I'm happy I got to experience it. Uh, and there's like a rumor that ICP was going to have like a secret set or something, but unfortunately they didn't. <laughs> They would have been huge at that time too, right? Like they would have been on the. I mean, they up, still but... are. Oh, yo, definitely, I'll, yeah. I'm a yo juggle that all the way through. I don't even care. Joe, <laughs> speaking of tattoos, do you have the hatchet? You know, I don't, and I would get it still. <laughs> <laughs> like I would, I, I, I'll find a spot for it. <laughs> I got, I got like one song by a lot of bands, and for me. Juggalo Homies is a is a classic song. That song is a great song about friendship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh God. Also, Ramstein, like uh, they are uh, a punk band. You know, they came out of like some East German punk band back in the day. I had no idea till last our last tour of East Germany. I kind of was like talking to someone in Berlin, and they were filling me in on the whole lineage of that band and how they were like throwing illegal punk shows and bands would come over the border and play and stuff. Oh, that's so cool. I know. It's kind of like wild. Like what a journey for this band to have. And now, you know, as you say, football yeah. stadiums, Yeah, <laughs> like football stadiums and like putting out, um, uh, dildos of all of their own genitalia and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, is, while, while I don't agree with everything that everyone does, I'm just like, I gotta, uh, respect the the art and the you like you don't give a fuck go for it <laughs> like you but, get to do what you want do you think they stole that idea from das oath do you remember das did oath they do did, that remember das oath did a did a like a dildo but it wasn't their genitals obviously but it was like it was like the a dildo das oath limited edition box set oh my god thing. of course Every, everything youth attack like is silly <laughs> is silly and limited um <laughs> I remember it's it's funny the things that I choose to find annoying. <laughs> um, but like one of them was like what uh, they had come through and they had had like one of their like, you know, seven inches or 10 inches or something had like semen and pubic hair in it. Yeah, it was like the limited edition was semen. on it. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I was like, all right, Mark. <laughs> um, but yeah. Do, do you and have fun i'm i'm sure if i like look back on our shit i i'm be like that was kind of dumb <laughs> but like I, I think i think the gimmick side of that is almost fascinating like it's almost like you know and he was on the podcast and i never asked him about it but it's almost like that was like the art project like how far can you take the gimmick that you do you use to sell the record like they when they did the metal cover version that would scratch the record when you took it out or so you know, it, it wouldn't showing my my nerdness and like my being obsessed with those bands when i was younger it actually had a velvet lining and so but that was, corner the corner on the i i have a copy too so but oh, like really? i, I okay. find that corner would always like if you didn't if you weren't careful that thing would clip the top of the 12 inch when you slid it out we um i guess it reminds me of one of our favorite gimmicks for a record release that we stole from uh, a good friend, Josh gone where it's called the needle breaker split. It plays from the inside out. It's a lathe cut. And I just like hacked a chunk at the end of each one. So if you listen, if you don't stop the record before it gets to the end, 
it'll fall and break that's your, your awesome. stylus. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I wish I could take credit for that, but uh, but but they didn't release it, so we did. <laughs> Well, I like, I love the idea of like, take, like, you know, with fucked up, we did, we got the idea once again from, um, uh, we, from, uh, tribe called quest, but like the idea of doing like a three-sided record, I think also Monty Python did. Maybe we stole the idea from Monty Python. Oh, that's funny. Where you like, you have two grooves beside each other. So depending on where you put the needle down, but eventually those grooves will wear down a little bit and the needle will just kind of move between the two tracks. Did y'all y'all did that for a release? Yeah, for looking for gold. Oh, that's funny. I love that. It was it's like I think that's part of the fun, right? Like, you know, as much as you know, as you're saying, like these things get kind of annoying with the the pretentiousness of these gimmicks to sell the records, but they're also kind of like I don't know, it's it it adds like another layer to it. I get like when I'm talking about like the semen and pubic hair one, I'm just like, how many more records are gonna have like blood splatter? Like I yeah. like do you know what I mean? Um yeah. what what did we like, like we've done every inch record from from 12 inches down to two inches. Like we have a, a two inch that has like 15 seconds on each side. And to me, and like, you know, like a micro cassette or like a DAT tape. And to me, that is fun. Like collecting these like weird, dumb things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, who am I to judge? <laughs> That's wild too, because I remember when, when Slapham did them, I got the slight slappers two inch, but it didn't have music yeah. on it. It couldn't, you couldn't actually play it. It was just like yeah, a blank we found, record. We found a person that did, that did lathe cuts that did, did a two inch, a two inch lathe cut for That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. You, you have one of the most extensive discographies of anyone that's been on the show, like all the different projects and bands you've done. Like it's for better or for worse. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, I yeah. love, I love all the range of stuff. Like I think the pop punk stuff that you do and like the popular stuff, melodic stuff you do. And then also obviously the harsher stuff you do is also amazing, but it's less like, like the breadth of stuff that you've, you've put out, you know, like, as you're saying every format possible, like, that's that's like that's the dream when you do this thing it's like oh i can put out my own records let's let's just do it let's do everything i just it's it's nice to have something new you know like and i feel like now i'm feeling like i'm like tooting my own horn or something but like some of the fun like we we did like a a musical christmas card split with our friends toxic womb so it's like yeah you open it and it just plays our songs and then their songs and it's like a minute and a half of like hardcore um and it was like expensive and stressful and one of my favorite things that i've ever done and i i freaked out because we charged 15 dollars for them but we did it as like a secret santa so like we were like you you're not gonna know what you're buying um and then i was like people are gonna think that's too expensive and so i got like pro cds made with like the music on it and like people were super excited and i was like oh okay that was fine but well i've never heard um, of anyone doing that like the Melvins haven't done that and they've done just about everything. They're the Simpsons of putting out records. Right. Like, but like, <laughs> y- you know, they haven't done that. Yeah. I, I think the, the only like other folks that like go too far of uh, what the hell are their name? Not flaming. Is it flaming lips? Like they're the ones that do it. Like have like the 10 pound gummy with like a, with a, a, a record inside it or something like with a USB inside of it. And it's like 24 <laughs> hours of like jammy music. I'm well, just think- like, Merz about did that thing where it was a car, right? You had to buy the car and the CD was no, the CD player. It was uh it was like a fucking it, I, I hope this is like telephone where like 
it gets more <laughs> exaggerated each time. The story I heard was that it was like a like a Rolls Royce with like gold plating or something that was in in a museum and inside the oh. in the in that is where the only that's like you could only hear it there. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Either way, it's incredible. Like <laughs> It drives me nuts because I hate like so everything that we've ever done, like no matter how limited, it's all still it's like all available like digitally or like online. There's like nothing we've ever made. And that's the thing that that where I'm like, I like this band and I can't find this song. It drives me crazy. Um, I think there's something almost romantic about that. Like, you know, that Wu-Tang record that no one's heard. Oh, but yeah, that fucking guy. (laughs) Like, Yeah, but he lost it. That thing's cursed, right? Wait, what happened? He, he like lost it, lost it. He lost everything. I think he's in jail. Oh, good. Yeah, like he <laughs> definitely did not end very well for him in the end. Like, okay. don't don't own that record. That record's like a like a, a monkey's paw or something. Like it's gonna... <laughs> or like don't be that guy. <laughs> don't be that guy. I think it's the <laughs> ultimate lesson there. Um, uh, God, yeah. Uh, it took me almost almost twenty years to to I have like the complete like mel banana like discography except for like their demo tape which okay. i actually reached out to them and i was like hey are you ever gonna put this on your patreon because you should um but that was one thing where i'm like it took me so long and i do understand like the romance of it and it, but but that i feel like also that was like you know years and years and years past of stuff um and i i do get it and there's just sometimes where i'm like i just want to hear this song dude <laughs> Come on. It was one of the reasons I like was super into 31G is because I found that they never let anything go um, out of print during the time of like, you know, Neil Perry and Usurp Synapse and all these bands like that had like all these like super limited things that like you could only get so many copies of. Yeah, it felt like it went one of two ways, like either it was like an ebullition thing where things were going to be kept in print forever or it was I love like, that. Yeah, or, or it's a slap am thing, right? Where like it became... Mm-hmm. Or Luth Attack, too, where it becomes, like, a real insider. You have to know when the drop is. It's like sneaker yep. shopping. You got to be there. Oh, my God. They, you're so you're so right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very... And, but, they, and it's, but these things are commodities, right? And especially at different times, like, people would buy these records and then turn around and flip them on eBay yeah. right after. Uh, because, I knew someone that did that. Like, that was... Like, every... Like, he would do that on purpose. It is the same shit is like people going to thrift stores and Mm -hmm. find the things that like should be affordable for other folks and it drives me nuts i i respect the hustle but it doesn't mean i have to like your hustle (laughs) it's and it's so weird because it felt like hardcore was on this hustle first and punk was on this hustle first and now everyone's just on these same sort of hustles now like i mean like nfts now right like yeah yeah nfts Um, a new colored vinyl Oh, you are not wrong. Um, yeah, like I like no effects has one, and like and there's that one really awful like right wing white rapper, uh, Tom McDonald. Tom, whoa, I've never heard of Tom McDonald. Bad news. Um, okay. but like he like released this thing, and it's like produced by Eminem, and I was like, how the how did he get this person? And then I was like, oh, he like dropped like thirty thousand dollars on a Eminem NFT, and so now he gets to say, <laughs> "Wow, um, yeah." So maybe uh, you know, when when fucked up puts a 
an NFT out, I'll try to bid on it and I'll <laughs> do the vice versa of um, collaborating. Well, that's what I think we found like the, the way the sword cuts the other way now, because yeah. that is definitely like, oh, you have no control over who buys this and owns this thing and can do whatever they want with it, including being Ugh. some terrible human being and saying that they're a collaborator with you or something. Yep. Whoops. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to like backtrack just a tiny bit and say, I appreciate uh, the, the compliments for like saying like the breadth of like the, the amount of um, like stuff put out and like talking about the, the poppy stuff too. And and something that I, I kind of wanted to say was like, I like one of the funniest stories I tell is I forget what it was called, but it's funny to say the words reputable blog spot in the same sentence but there was like this like grind blog spot like you know five or ten years ago i was like hey we want to like you know we want to know like jenna pups like top 10 new grind albums of the year and i was like well i don't really buy new music like i like i don't search out new music i like to find it you know like like organically like you know you accidentally play a show with like somebody amazing or something um Mm -hmm. and i was like well i don't really buy new music and i don't listen to a lot of like I actually don't listen to a lot of grindcore and they're like oh okay well what about like your top 10 like um like just for the year and I was like okay well it's like Britney Spears femme fatale Robin's body talk um there's like an MF doom record in there and it was just like not not maybe like a friend's hardcore band or something and they just never responded (laughs) and I was like way to keep way to just like not have any diversity in your like that would have been i would have loved for that to have been on there you know yeah but um uh but yeah so like pop is my life i love it and i do love like like some like hardcore and like fast and hard stuff obviously but uh i always think like i'm so grateful for what we've been able to do with like the collective and what i wouldn't do to trade places (laughs) with like jenna and the pups and like the heroes collective (laughs) because (laughs) jenna and the pups can be like an old grandma like like uh you know combo amp band when i'm like 60 (laughs) like um and you know it's like daryl from the office is like you know these knees only got like two more years left (laughs) like (laughs) um like even just like being on so many tours and like screaming for like the last 20 years in different hardcore bands. Uh, like, I can't like my voice isn't as pretty as it used to be or like, you know, and, and yep. it's getting older is pretty dumb, but I'm also, I'm also for it. Like there's really cool parts about it, but the body is, uh, I was supposed to die of dysentery. Like five years ago you know it's mm-hmm. the evolution of science and <laughs> not bodies yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i I, th- I know what you're saying because but i think being like a uh like the front person of a hardcore band or a grind band like you know whatever an aggressive band there's something that's required like a physical strain that is not required if you're doing like you know something melodic or where you can do a combo amp or an acoustic guitar because like there is like a there is like a time like a limited amount of time that you have because like you know you're you are shredding your voice you are shredding your body i i I started taking um one of my friends is like an amazing like classically trained 
singer and she was doing um like singing lesson and voice lessons during the pandemic for extra money. And so I, I, I bought a handful of sessions and I literally, I just wanted to, I was like, I just want to know how to like, I've never, I've never like warmed up. I've never, you know, like I just, it's just like, here's the mic go. Cause that's all I knew. And I like, look at these like new, like professional, like born into metal, hardcore singers or like metal singers and stuff that like, have learned how to do like the false like I think it's called like false scream or whatever like all these different ways to maintain their voice and last longer and you know 15 years ago I'd have been like ah, oh, whatever like punk rock and now I'm just like I wish I knew about that I wish I uh um and I I, I do now and I I play with my voice differently now but it, it's it's truly wild um yeah it's funny you say that too about these the new kind of like professional uh you know born into it type singer in a band and it's almost like going through the same thing that skateboarding goes through when it's in the olympics now yeah where it's not the same as it used to be and the reality is now you gotta you gotta be with these people too so you're gonna have to like you know take from their toolbox and use that and, and it's changed the whole game it's and, and, and I'm not saying that it didn't exist before, but just with like, you know, the internet and um, any version of like digital media and social media and stuff, you know, like we get better, like signed a band that like they'd, they'd only, I don't think they'd ever toured. They'd only like played in their hometown, but like they just blew up and like, because of like TikTok, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and where like folks, and I think that's amazing at the same time, I'm like, I'm thinking about like bands where like they go into it, not even thinking about what it's like to play a basement or like a dive bar. <laughs> like, um, I just you, played a lot of really uh, so many different adju- like adjectives of shows. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's also like, it's weird to kind of think about starting a band like this also makes me sound like a thousand years old, but like, <laughs> and not have like the local scene be the end all goal, you know, like I'm going to yeah. be in this band. We're going to play a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like your local scene is the world, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you're limited to your imagination now. Yeah. I like, if, if somebody asked me to like, maybe join like a band that was like already um, like established or something, that like, I don't know, it would, it would be more of like a fun thing and like hopefully like a paying gig or something. But like, I just, like I, the idea of like even like starting, starting from scratch again, oh. sounds like wild. I can't, I like, even like, I feel like I could, I could start a band and you know, it's like the thing like uh, blah, 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 members of type thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but no interest. <laughs> I, I, I want to do it yet. I'll do one of those bands where it's just like a bunch of young kids and I just perform the songs of my old band with like a bunch of young kids. And it's just like, yeah. performs the music of, you know? Yeah. Um, it's uh, this up next fudged up. Fudged up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, for it's, it's, you know, the all, the all ages versions. Exactly. It just be like, <laughs> I just shell of my former self up there. And then it doesn't matter if I can't scream anymore and my knees are gone because, you know, the whole thing is, is, a, is just a waste of time for the beginning. And, and you already have um, the recordings of all of the songs. And so 
you can just really uh, lip sync. Just put oh, it in the PA. The Andrew WK model. <laughs> <laughs> Has he done that? Well, I think when he first started, that was what he would do. Yeah, it would just that like so funny. Have like a dat, and he would just like. I think when he for the first thing it was just him with the guitar. The, he was on Trouble Man Unlimited. I think the first right, and, but like lip syncing, not karaoke. It was like no, it was karaoke. Sorry, it was oh, okay, karaoke. Okay, person. Okay. Oh yeah, no, you're right. I should just lip sync it. That's a better idea. <laughs> and just like live appearance by instead of you know, like, <laughs> I'm not even playing a show anymore. I feel uh, like I like that would you know it's a new thing and I would be interested in that is a show I would go to. <laughs> Okay, well, that's I'm I'm starting like I'm already making this contingency plan. Yeah. Well, let's um let we might as well just do a, a nice little uh, East Coast tour with it. So yeah, they're yeah. true. I think well, and I think with the label, you probably have a better sense of what new bands are like and how there's a generational shift that's happened because you know you work with obviously a lot of established bands, but then there's also like this whole wave of younger bands like you're saying that are just coming at it with a completely different like obviously the same sort of like hopes no no dreams. you're right and i mean well to to truly answer that like i don't really and that like alex is the person that has like i don't know how they have their finger on the pulse so well and you know it's it's not just like bands that are going to be like successful or something it's it is like bands with meaning mm-hmm. with like with people that care and then and because like they'll they'll be like, oh, you should listen to this band that I found from this place. And I'm just like, how does how do you do this? Um, yeah, it blows my mind. I I'm, I I get like I still listen to the same CDs from like '94. You know, um, I I I'm not someone that loves change, uh, and that like I I love experiencing new things, but the idea of like searching for music again, especially when it's like so accessible to make it now by any, like there's just, I forget what the stat is, but like the amount of songs that are being added to like, just like Spotify even or Bandcamp daily, it's just mind blowing. Mm. It's, it's, it's exhausting to think about. And I'm so grateful that it exists. And at the same time, um, it makes me think of like the pile of books in my room that I'm really excited to read. And when I look at it, I'm just like, oh, phew, not today. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. It feels like yeah. you're speaking my thoughts out loud. Yeah. It is overwhelming. It feels like daunting. And and I, I think that's what, you know, like I think we have these streaming services now where we have every song in the world in our pocket, but we do keep going back to the same four records because it's it's overwhelming to have every song in the world in your pocket. Yeah, it's and, and it, it's, it's cool, but I, I, I don't, I don't use it any differently than I did when I had my iPod that had the things that I chose to put on it. I will say this. One of the best things about it was when I first had Spotify in 2018 and I was doing a solo tour for a month. um, It was one amazing just to listen to what I want. I mean, usually when like we're on the road together, like we listen to whatever one, it's not like anybody really vetoes anything, but just like listening to anything. And then I had this like rediscovery of hip hop and it all started with like, somebody sent me a J Cole song. And then I was listening to like all this old hip hop that I used to like listen to when I was younger. And then, you know, I did that whole algorithm thing. And I just like, that tour was hip hop and pop country all day, all night. 
And I found so much new stuff. And that was, that was like, I hadn't been in a moment where I was like super excited to, to find and listen to new music like that in like years and years and years. And it felt so cool. It was awesome. I guess that is the, 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 the true amazing thing about having this sort of technology is the fact that like you're saying, you can just like go through a phase and that's why kids aren't limited. You know, you're not going to have a grind blog, you know, <laughs> scoffing at someone like, you know, Britney Spears anymore because kids can listen and do listen to everything. Mm-hmm. Like look at the stuff it, that's popular now. It drives me nuts though. I'm like, and now this is me showing my age and being like, like uh, an old stubborn, like shitty aunt or something where I'm like back in my day, we had to buy the whole album for a song. <laughs> like, and that's how you heard the rest of the music. Like, you know, um, and now people aren't even releasing albums anymore. They're only releasing singles. And yeah. For me, it was also like, it just, I, I'd force myself to like records. There'd be records I'd bought and I didn't get them, but then because mm-hmm. I bought them, I had to like them. So I would like go back to it and just force myself to, to get in you remember one that that did did you, were you able to trick your mind integrity oh Inte- integrity a band like first time i heard them like i got i like the song rise okay that i heard on a sampler and then i bought season the size of day i bought season the size of days and was just like i don't i don't like this i don't get it and then but because i bought it and it was like I had to buy an HMVs, which is like $22. So I'm like, well, oh I better God. start liking it. So I yeah. listen to it and then eventually it clicks, right? Like it's eventually you, you start, you know, you discover things in these records upon repeat listenings. But. That's how I felt about, um, was Jupiter the first, like not hardcore cave in record? record? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Cause I like, uh, the compilation record and then, it was like until your hot stops, and then I forget the other one. But like those are just like crushing and amazing. And then I got Jupiter, and I was like, "Yeah, shit." <laughs> um, and then there was like one song I really did like, and I I do, and and now I'm like that record's really good. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I find time has done that, and also having these things on streaming services now, I can go back and listen to records at the time I was like had no no space for in my my worldview of what this music was. And now I go back and I'm like, Oh no, I, I kind of, I can get into this record now. I can, I can listen to this record a little bit. Totally. Did you, but also when you, when you talked about how like now there's just like, it's so easy to add this music, you know, we're, we're actually now in the true DIY revolution. Like now it is, anyone can do this. Like obviously there's a barrier of entry of the cost of this technology, Right. It's like, it's like the, the difference of buying a bunch of cassette tapes and dubbing them. Yeah. Rather than like using like district or like whatever the hell. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but also even like, just like the idea that like my, my kids will borrow my phone and just fool around with garage band and make a song, you know? Yeah. And, and, and like Cocteau, I think has that quote, film won't be a true art form till pens or till film cameras are as cheap as pen and paper because then anyone can do it. <laughs> And, and, and now we have what, iPhones. And I feel that with music. Yeah. Like I feel like now anyone can do it. Like for better or for worse, we are, we are <laughs> living in this world now. <laughs> yeah. I mean like literally right behind me right now is GarageBand open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the, the whole, one of the whole reasons like ears was able to become a band or any of like the music I've made in like the last 10 years is learning 
about drum machines and recording my and recording myself and so like because like drums are like the most annoying thing and most like least cost effective to to go to the studio for right and so mm-hmm. now I just get to be like doot doot there's that and now I can record everything else here <laughs> like, yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 it like the you know this the idea of having a studio you know like the idea of like all these things are you you had to work up to find out how to how do I call a studio how do I get time to do this mm-hmm. sort of thing and now you can just dedicate it to your to your craft and make it like at your own house I I I lost um all of my computer and my, my external hard drive and all these things were stolen on a tour and it was everything I had like made like visually or audibly since I was like 18 music wise. Gosh. And so that really made me think about all the things I was able to make. And it was the first time that I ever allowed myself to call myself an artist because I felt like I had lost all of this important art that I cared about, like hundreds of songs and, or like images and like things I'd made that no one had ever heard or seen. Mm. Um, And that like, I was definitely not going to remember. And going back and like the ones that people did have, like basically putting out like this mass um, call for like, yo, if I've ever sent you any demo or anything, send it to me. And it was a, it was a really wild thing to uh, just be like humbled and think about what you have and what you make. And then think about like all these like weird demo tapes that I had like uh, transferred onto my computer that I had to like, call somebody in San Francisco and be like, Hey, any chance in a box in your basement, you have this like demo from like 2000. That is like bad, but I can't not have it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like, you, you put out so much stuff and so many different projects and so many different bands that, you know, like all this stuff occupies space in different people's lives. Like it's amazing when you look back upon the bands that have impact on, on, on well I'm, when I, I'm amazing how when i look back on the bands that had impact on me and there are bands that didn't put out anything but a demo tape you know and totally so, and the fact that you know doing multiple bands so you're, you're doing that again and again with different people and different projects you know like it's just amazing how many different lives you can kind of have within this scene it's absolutely like the the universe of it all is like when you sit and think about it, like when, when people make those weird family trees of bands, yes. you know, um, I'm, I'm going to turn my, uh, my, my camera off just to, just in case. No problem. Okay. Um, when, um, yeah, when people make these like uh, family trees of bands and then you see like even just like Ian, Ian McKay or whatever, and you're just like, holy crap. It's like 70 bands that this person is like linked to. Yeah. Not necessarily that he was in, um, but it, it is such a massive, wild universe of a community um, or, or, or like, or family. I'm trying to look for where, like, because community sounds like we're all in this together. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's not like that, but you know, it's not it, 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 yeah. it, it's i think a family is 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 a lot closer to it weirdly because yeah. you're like you're right because it's like you don't get to choose your family 
Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like with this scene. Yeah, you don't necessarily get to I'm, I'm related to that person. Like nice <laughs> little like six degrees of separation or whatever. I, I love actually sitting down and I can connect every single episode of this podcast. Like you're saying, like the, through this family or network, every single episode of this podcast somehow connects to another episode that I've done. Oh, I'm sure. And it's it's yeah. so amazing how many, you know, how, how how many like connections we have to all these other people. It's it is it's so wild because I feel like, you know, I've like looked through the roster and like it's. I feel like if everyone was in a room, it would be chaotic and everyone would be able to like have a conversation with someone else about like some sort of um, similar experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's wild to me. Yeah, like I love thinking about some of these rooms and some of these shows that would have happened and some of the people that would have been there. And it's like, wow, that's it's so amazing that out of these 30 people, like 10 of these people wind up doing something as a career in the arts. Yeah, it's like, mind blowing. Yeah, because it's not like that in a high school class. You know, it's not like your average high school class. It's not like that in like, <laughs> there's a lot of places where you don't really have those kind of like, that ratio 100 uh, percent. when was your first time you ever played a live show oof um i guess it depends like there are shows that i've uh, i played in like my backyard in like 1995 with my best friend at the time for like my mom and aunt and uncle <laughs> we covered um oh what the hell is that one part Green Day song? Uh, it's like Dana, 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 Dana. Yeah. On my own. Um, here we go. Dana. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Uh, my um, brother's screaming at the like. Come on! How do you not know this? I played it like a thousand times. <laughs> um, but like, so you know, that's not really a show. But like, I feel like I was in, I was in some pretty rough bands early on <laughs> and we played some like basement shows in like 99 or so and then i was in a more like like we what did we 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 were like um compared to thursday but with like prettier pretty parts and screamier screamy parts <laughs> <laughs> um get ready for this real fun name fall is on fire Damn, that is a '90s name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and That's that really like, beautiful, though. Sounding like I, I, you know, you say that, and immediately I get the visual <laughs> of what you're talking about. Yeah, and it was uh, so that was that that band was fun, and I think that was like the first band that I would like um, be less embarrassed. The one before it was like called Kraken. <laughs> it was just, it was. You know, I was still learning guitar. I just found out about like thrash and grindcore and was just really into it. <laughs> and like doing a very poor job and um just using a metal zone and sounding like my guitar was in a tin can. <laughs> were there like were, what kind of bands were you playing with with these bands? Like other like I, I that one um 
I don't like, uh, I don't know, honestly. Like it was, cause we, we played like a couple like VFW shows, you know, like mm-hmm. back when uh, those were more of a thing. Um, and then I was in, Scott and I, uh, one of the other members of here is, we met by being in a band together in 2002 called Rocket Go Now. And that like, it's a Simpsons reference. And speaking of like 90s or early 2000s stuff, <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. all, it was all the titles were Simpsons um, quotes and all the songs were about robots. And every, every single show we had a different like costume gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> but that band was fun and bananas. And we would play, that was like, we'd play with like a lot of like fast, fast core bands and stuff like that. But that was like when I feel like I was more actually in it. And the other ones were just trying to find my way there. Was there much of a scene of those types of bands uh, around in Michigan, like the faster kind of hardcore bands? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because it was like it was like a real hotbed. Yeah, it was. It, there was a, a million amazing ones and a million bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I met Scott um, for the first time at like a Black Dahlia Murder show at like a VFW. Okay. Like when, like one of the like the first year that they had been playing. <laughs> mm-hmm it's it's amazing to th- kind of think about detroit as this scene that you know like because new york's got the same sort of representation of all these sorts of different styles of punk rock but it's it's somehow bigger so these bands don't really interact with each other whereas yeah. D- detroit's so much smaller or the scene's a lot tighter it feels like so all the bands are constantly interacting like the fact that you have black dahlia murder interacting with a band like suicide machines interacting with yeah know, mustard plug Oh my god, yeah. Or like we went and saw who was it? Um it was like or we we played a show with um what are they called? Oh shit, it's gonna drive me nuts. Their record was Heaven's Pre- pregnant teens. It was like um the person from American Nightmare and people Oh uh, uh give up the ghost? Is it nope. only, uh but um, it's it's um uh some girls? Yep. Yeah some girls, yes. We did a couple shows with some girls and like the we were playing in the lower level of this venue and above us less than jake was playing yeah. <laughs> like, um and then i think like also another thing like you know uh we were playing at like a bowling alley and andrew wk was playing upstairs like it's like yeah um there you you are are right that it is it is small and you you 100 run into each other and play shows with each other um sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's not amazing <laughs> yeah no the fact that like insane clown posse played shows with cold as life i think reflects yeah. how small that city is <laughs> yep or just like maybe the like uh is i don't know maybe not small the city but like the amount of venues or like uh weekends or just like you just end up knowing each other and you're like yeah you want to play a show together like we we played with um uh, one of our other bands Played with like we were like a, a weird like tech metal band. Played with DJ Assault <laughs> on New Year on New Year's Eve, <laughs> like one year. <laughs> um, it was great. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, like who went over like whose audience was it? Like it was just a receptive audience to both styles. I mean, I I th- I, uh, I think both. You know, yeah, it yeah. was like people that wanted to come to a metal show and people that wanted to go to like. Uh, fucking booty dance party that is an awesome double bill that's a wild I, show 
Agreed. <laughs> Do you remember that Simpsons comp that came out in the nineties? That was like all the bands doing songs with the Simpsons. They live was on it. Like a bunch of like, I, I, rem- I vaguely remember it, but I never checked it out. No, they got that's a cease so and desist like right away. <gasps> so it never came. But like, that's the thing. Like they were, they were actively shutting down like hardcore bands and zines for, for Simpsons stuff. So definitely oh. uh, your, oh. your band definitely dodged the bullet on that one. I would love a cease and desist. We, we did that yeah. um, when we did that split with Val and well, we have like sweet, so like the, an LP that's all Nirvana covers. And then we did like a, a bonus seven inch. That's all Nirvana covers. Um, I was like, I hope we get a cease and desist from Courtney Love because she owns all the the rights. Because if we do, I'm just going to use that as the cover for our whole cover record. <laughs> yes. like, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like we we sold 500. Do you want like a couple bucks for each one? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, totally yeah. worth it. Yeah. I like. I wonder if could they could they shut that down or could you just be like, here's your six cents? Is it like an NFT? You're like, no, no, I, I, I'm going to pay you the royalty and then I can do it. I don't know. So like we, we did like a final pressing. I mean, I, I, I wonder what it looks like more on um, like Spotify and digital than yeah. that. Uh, I wonder if they would like ask for back pay or something. But when we talked to the plant, they were just like, oh, so these are all covers. Did you get like the, the licensing and the rights for it? And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> and, and they're like, we're going to need you to sign a contract thing that says that you did that. And I was like, I, Jenna Pup, own the rights to these songs. <laughs> like, um, if that, if for some reason that backfired and bit me in the ass, there's worse things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and something tells me that like, that would be something you'd hope, like there'd be like someone in there that would be like, we didn't get permission when we covered this song way back in the day. So it's right. Like, and fine. It's, you know, um, we're not millionaires right? yeah. and we're not making like buttloads of money. Um, we're like buying food and that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's the thing. Is, like who at 20th Century Fox was reading a zine that had a cop with the they, they live on it? Like who, who who's probably, down enough and snitching? Probably, probably Conan. Oh yeah, it probably was Conan. Yeah. I could see him doing that. Yeah. He's, He's got like, a narc God, vibe too. This this will be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> like... uh, <sighs> this has been awesome, Jenna. And anytime you want to come back here and talk about uh, music, please know you're always welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I I would love, and I'm still gonna I'm gonna hound you about. Helping us get Mike Carrera. Mike Carrera is the, I, we, I just, we just need to get him on the LP. It's no problem. It can be I, backing vocals. It can be whatever. I just figured I would say it on here in case he listened to this. <laughs> I, I, I put it out in the universe already. I've, I've made some, <laughs> I made, I made a, an outreach to make this happen. Cause I feel, I feel like this is like, we we're talking about early on. Like th- that's the best thing about punk rock is that we're all like two steps removed from the person yeah. that we need to collaborate with. Totally. And, uh, totally. But before I let you go, I wanted to find out, like, what is it like, like you mentioned earlier on how you would switch, you know, the, uh, to, to the Jen and the pup and here's like to be, you know, to, to, for profile, I guess, like switch places with the two groups. I mean, I guess just like one to be more like one to be more, um, 
monetarily yeah. <laughs> like viable or, or like just to be able to like because i mean or to like tour more often basically just you know uh screaming at the top of your lungs and and moving um like hundreds of pounds of amps as its moments and like you know i i don't necessarily think it's like a literal thing but i i do love the idea of like there's some some version of the universe where i'm uh just kind of like a, a cute little pop star <laughs> <laughs> and i'm i'm just like singing uh dumb songs about like my friends and 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 like break up mixtapes or something. <laughs> I was, well, that, I wanted to ask you, like, do you approach like writing differently for the two? Obviously, subject matter wise, but like, is there a way to like bridge the gap? Like, do you feel you'd lose something not being able to address subject matters in the same way? I don't know, like, what I'm trying to get at, but I've always found like there's no other project for me. Like, I don't really see myself doing. Yeah, like you're saying another band. Like, this is. What I don't I think do. that. I don't think that um, the, I feel very lucky that I can write any lyrics for any type of music and it doesn't like, not all here's lyrics are angry, right? Like some of them are like full of joy and like love and hope for like people um, and not all like, like I love a very sweet, endearing, angry sounding song. And I love a very sad, fucked up, happy major chord song, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I approach it really differently at all. Even with like, I like to keep them short and sweet and to the point and, um, always have one part that sticks out. So, it, so it's catchy. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's weird though, how, like you're saying, like it, you know, there, there's no reason pop music or melodic music can't express the same sorts of subject matters, but it rarely does in, in, uh, or or feels like it it does, but it's just a lot less than you'd expect now. Like there's just so much more opportunity for, you know, like the great political pop music to kind of emerge. And there are certainly artists that are doing it, but like, you'd think it would be a lot more a thing these days. Yeah. I, it's, I, I guess because of my like lack of search. So like, I love like when, when my friends have a band, I'm just like, that's the band right there. Love that band. <laughs> like, even if it's um, not my, like, even if I, I'm not super into it, I'm super into it. <laughs> because <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like somebody could show me a record. I'd be like, ah, mm, I don't know. And they'd be like, no, it's Damien. I'd be like, oh, this shit rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I'm trying to think like, I, I guess I don't really have a good response or, or answer specifically for, or like even like talking point for that because I do think when I'm listening to uh, whatever records I'm listening to, like I'm, I'm, I'm so less focused on the like not that's not true i was gonna say so less focused on the lyrics but like i'm more i care more about the lyrics that i'm trying to figure out and write or like collaborate with someone Mm. than the like than what i'm listening to if i know that like a band is like politically chill or um 
has something good to say, like, I don't necessarily need to listen to it, if that makes sense, or like pay super attention. Yeah. And if they really, if like the music is awesome and they are saying really stupid shit, then I just, I, I keep my earbuds in or have the windows rolled up because we all have our unfortunate guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of stuff that you go back and listen to from the heady days of the 90s and you're like, wow. Oh my God. Dude, boys are like so dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah. just Definitely. read a fucking book yeah and then and then when they get one book read then it also doesn't help yeah. because then they just keep going yeah. to that one book yeah but well i i read bell hooks and i know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah. i mean like wow um you need to read it again <laughs> well we definitely need to do this again jenna anytime you want I would love that very much. And and I'm, I hope that we get to cross paths in person and um, have, have some fun with either just like, like normal humans or, or play some like rager. Yeah. Play together. We got a gig together at some point. But I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll have my people reach out to your people. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that now. Cause we got a booking agent for the first time. It feels fucking weird. And like, um, <laughs> I know we're finishing up, but talk about like doing DIY for 20 years. And, and now like, I'm, you know, I'm not, a, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Okay. And I'm still, I'm still super in debt. So I'm not going to feel too bad about it. <laughs> well, I think, I think DIY is also realizing that there's certain people that are specialized that you need to hand it over. Like, it's not like we're all out there, you know, pressing these vinyl records ourselves. We know that we have right. to, we have to delegate that to someone else. <laughs> A hundred percent. Thank you, Jenna, for coming on this show. And you heard right there, Jenna will be back for a part two at some point in the future. And once again, look for some future collaboration, potentially hint, hint, wink, wink in the near future uh, as well. And check out the third 100 songs on Get Better Records by Here's Collective out now. Get it now. It's a double LP. Um, looks incredible. This thing looks amazing. I'm looking at it online now. I don't have a physical copy in my hands, but I'm, I'm going to get one. All right. Speaking about things that are going to happen, coming up in a few days on this show, we will be having another splits of sorts with my friend uh, and your friend, too, from a past episode, Brad Logan. will be returning to the show from, of course, F-, minus, from... Um, uh, exploding fuck dolls from uh, all sorts of uh, incredible stuff, including leftover crack, which he has just left after 22 years. Uh, this is a, a great conversation with him and his co-author for the fantastic book, Art architects of destruction. John Gentile is here and he's a great mind in the world of punk working over at punknews.org as the editor for a very long time now. And someone that I've always wanted to have like a really deep chat about music with. And this is a, this is a great episode. This goes deep on the book. If you have not picked up this book, uh, you need to pick it up. It is one of the most interesting, wild, unbelievable, terrifying accounts of a band in music that you've ever read. It's an oral history of the band Leftover Crack. And uh, spoiler alert, I write a little bit of a blurb in the beginning as well. Because, yeah, even even if you're not a fan of this band, even if you're not even a fan of 
of, of punk music, if you're just a fan of interesting, wild stories and conflicting personalities and defeat being snatched from the jaws of victory and victory being snatched from the jaws of defeat, you will enjoy this book. I promise you. Anyway, more on that next week on, uh, or later on this week on splits. Uh, that's it for today's show. Remember as always black lives matter. The lives of indigenous peoples matter. We need to protect trans kids and we need to help trans people protect themselves and stop hate and violence towards Asian people and people of different faiths and, and just all this stuff. Because, because once again, like these things that we're talking about here, like these things, issues of racism, uh, transphobia, homophobia, like just, just hatred towards people for, for whatever reason, that's not political issue. Those aren't political issues. Those are human rights issues. People have the right to be free and live their lives as they want to and as they choose to. So in regards to people's uh, control over their reproductive rights, we fully support people's rights to choose what they do with their reproductive rights. We fully support uh, any movement of of just, I don't know, freedom? I don't know, the freedom, I guess. There's, yeah, for lack of a better term. So go get involved in, in stuff that you find moves you right now. There's lots of cool organizations that you can get involved with with your time, with money, if you have that, or lend your body with support, with protests and demonstrations and things that, you know, matter to you and things that you believe in and, and just, you know, let your voice be heard. Speaking of letting your voice be heard, go out there and make your own culture. You know, anyone can do this shit. Like you, you can start a label, you can start a band, you can start a fanzine, you can just draw a picture, you know, being creative helps your mental health, but also, you know, you need to contribute to this culture to make it better. You know, as much as Jen and I both joked about the fact that there's over an oversaturation at this point of this sort of music, but if you don't feel or, or see yourself being represented by the music out there sonically or personally, whatever, make your own culture because you can do it. Anyone can do this stuff. Um, and sign your organ donor cards because by the time they come looking for those organs, you're not going to need them. Nope. You just, it's dead weight, literal dead weight at that point. So why not give them to someone and maybe you can change their lives? Who knows? Uh, and I think that's it. Stay safe. Uh, check out uh, tomorrow, Channel 66, Vans, House of Vans. Happy anniversary. I'm going to be DJing. I got my records packed. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time.